Welcome to the show! Live on YouTube on a Monday. There's just going to be a live stream in the middle. Cough said maybe it'll be a podcast. So maybe this is also a podcast that you're watching. And if you're listening to it, then there's your answer. It became a podcast. Might as well double dip. It's like coaches, you know, you like when you got to pay me $5 million to go away, but then I go work for someone else and I have a clause and I can double dip. Yeah. Or like Warren Sharp. Did you see the article about him? Gambling expert and team consultant and NBC sports expert. There's, thing, you know, got a good thing going. You know, it's if that was non-sports, if it was financial stuff, right? If he was a stock trader, but he also had inside information on companies, like he, you go to jail. You know, it's just kind of crazy that he is known as kind of the Haralabob. Like one thing I do respect about Haralabob, and a lot of people have talked shit because he's got a huge ego. He bet and made a lot of money and openly talked about it. Now he wasn't giving selling his picks or whatever, and he's like, you know, I aspired. Teams reached out. I just went to work for a team, and I gave that up. Like, you, you can't do both and then act all high and mighty and scream about fucking passing all the time where it's like, what? what's... I I got that guy red flagged. Get you a girl that can do both. Get you one that can do both. Yeah. I don't. But you don't think there are financial consultants who also are in the stock market? Well, no. But I'm saying, like, I couldn't... I don't think you could be a consultant for, like, a company and also trade on that company. Like I mean, there there are just clear rules. I, I, right. I think now with crypto and stuff, it's it's getting a little, uh, you know, the it, it, things have changed so fast that the politicians don't know what the fuck's going on. But it, you, you hear some of these older guys come just be like, never just think all this stuff's just going to go away and people are going to get out unscathed, you know? And I just think we start bragging about gambling. Who Politicians aren't paying attention to that, but if it ever came out, he was, I mean, it's just illegal. You know, part of like the Stephen Ross story, right? If he was doing like, there's just there's legalities to the way the world works. Yeah, you're saying the Stephen Ross, if Stephen is paying his coach a hundred thousand dollars per loss, if he's throwing game, if he's paying a coach to throw games, even though teams throw games seasons all the time, doing it in that way, I think everyone can agree is is across a line that we agree you shouldn't cross because it would put the other the partners at risk, right, of litigation that they don't want to fuck with. Like, you're just you're just putting their business, which is very lucrative, at risk. Now, my quick take on just that, did you see Rap Sheet? I think threw that out in the fourth quarter. Like, my story, Stephen Ross, if he's accused in the fourth quarter Could of the Could lose Super the team. If he, well, if he has good relationships with the owners, they won't vote him out. If he doesn't, he's gone. If it ever got to that point, but it would if they like him. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think the implication is: would there be a legal reason for him to have to leave the league? Right. But the, but the story was they would there come to a vote. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I I think the the implication is like: would they would the league be in trouble if they didn't? Would there be a scenario where they could actually be in trouble or pretend that they would be in trouble? There's, there's no reason that they would want to get rid of Stephen Ross. The only way they would get rid of Stephen Ross is if they're forced to get rid of Stephen Ross. Well, un- unless they truly don't like him, which we don't know that. Or well, not, yeah, but. unless they've been look, they wish a motherfucker would, uh, to quote Cedric the Entertainer. But I mean, I don't know. He's over in Miami. He's hosting Super Bowls. He's staying out of everybody. He's not getting anybody else's way to win a championship. So, you see, Flores added uh, the Houston Texans to his lawsuit. I did not see that. No, he's added the Houston Texans because they didn't hire him. Is that, is that the reasoning of the lawsuit? 
uh, that that he added the Houston Texans. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. This show is brought to you in part by Manscaped. Manscaped.com promo code ham gets you twenty percent off, and it gets you free shipping. But most importantly, it gets you the good stuff. The lawnmower 4.0. That's what you need. That is the best in men's grooming. The right tools for the job, John. With the skin safe technology, oh. the, the wireless charging, oh. the waterproofedness. It's all oh. right there. The weed whacker, you got you got some nose hairs. Guy, do you have shampoo and conditioner you need? You want some body wash? You want to get a good body scrub up in the shower? After you get a good ball trim with the lawnmower 4.0 and even do some weed whacking with the nose hairs. That's the one thing as you get older, these nose hairs. You get you might not have hair on your head, but you got back hairs and nose hairs and butt hairs and just hairs everywhere. And that's where our friends at manscaped.com come in. Promo code ham, 20% off and free shipping. I just how do you beat a deal like that? I uh, you and I, we swear by their products. We've been partners with them now for years, and they've sent us a lot of stuff, and it's always fantastic. It's 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 impressive. It is all there for you. 20% off, free shipping, code ham, manscaped.com, manscaped.com, code ham. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job. All right, the uh, the world was throwing a curveball, John, when the 49ers traded Jimmy Garoppolo for the 11th pick. Wait, no, they have not traded Jimmy Garoppolo for the 11th pick to the uh, commanders, to the football team. But... The possibility of the 11th pick being the value is in and of itself very interesting. So let me read to you from The Athletic, Ben Standig, who is the uh, athletic reporter for the Washington football team, wrote this. Commanders. Commanders. Uh, uh, Sources offered minimal pushback on Garoppolo value angle. They see how Washington could improve with him under center. Assuming Scott Turner's game plan plays to his strengths, namely the underneath passing game. One executive positively labeled Garoppolo a quote-unquote functional starter, a level he says doesn't apply for several players who started games in 2021 like Taylor Heineke and perhaps all of the 2022 QB draft prospects. The executive doesn't think Garoppolo's worth the 11th selection or any first-round pick based on his skill set and injury history. Yet, he argued the commanders could justify sending the pick to San Francisco should they concede none of the incoming passers are worthy of the 11th pick. For a team that win uh, needs to win now, the veteran here trumps the unproven rookies. However, sources cautioned at investing heavily in terms of draft picks and cash for a player who's been unable to stay healthy. This is where having Heineke would help or could lead Washington to draft a quarterback on day two of the NFL draft, second round. So that's the story. All of the Jimmy 11th pick value came from that place. I, I think it's just basic supply demand. You just have to put it into economic circumstance. Jimmy's value in a vacuum is not worth a first round pick. Every single human being would agree to that. Not with the last name Garoppolo. <laughs> but even the 49ers, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Parag, Jed, over cocktails. Of course he's not. That's not the way the world works, though. And, you know, quarterbacks, if, if you were going to compare them to, like, real estate, they would be real estate in the Bay Area, Manhattan, or Los Angeles, not the flyover states. So you are paying a premium on something that is just a couple rooms, 
you know, uh, bathroom. That it's just an arbitrary value. What are other people willing to pay? And here the key is: why is value so high in some of these major places? Because a lot of people are lined up to buy it, so it drives the price up. Well, there are several teams that need quarterbacks now. The the fucking oceanfront property is Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. So if those guys are truly available, and it feels like Aaron Rodgers is just already set on his destination. If Russell, Deshaun, obviously those players are dramatically better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And the people that would be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo will focus on them first. So his price is just, it's kind of irrelevant until, is there one team that gets left out of the quarterback market? And they have to quote unquote overpay because if that's the case, that drives up the price. Now the 11th pick to me seems insane. Uh, I, I would say if they did that, that would be the greatest trade in the history of trades. Right. I mean, honestly, I would be, I, I'd be at a loss. Maybe one of them. The once trades is pretty good. <laughs> True. But there, there were contingencies of that one. You know, I mean, you could argue Carson Wentz went for pick 16 though. Is Carson Wentz a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo? Mm, I mean, once upon a time, I would would not have hesitated. We saw them both play. Yes. He outplayed him, right? Yeah, I mean, he's more talented than him. I'm going to say we saw have... them play in the same game, and Carson was a better player, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's definitely more talented than Jimmy. Would I rather have him on my team for the next three years? I used to not even think that was a question. Um, I don't think I'm winning much with either one of them as my centerpiece quarterback, but yeah, regardless. Well, I mean, it's... Go ahead. The 49ers last year, and we kind of laughed, <laughs> were adamant they weren't giving up Jimmy Garoppolo once they traded Trey Lance. And at the time, you know, there were a lot of different opinions because it was kind of crazy given what they just given up for Trey, which the biggest trade in the history of the franchise. And it's probably just, you know, if we just got the... It, time will tell what those picks equal, right? It was the 12th pick. This year, what are they drafting? 28th. And then next year, wherever it goes, it actually could turn out to not be as crazy as like two picks that ended up like seventh and 10th, right? You know, on the value chart, you, you just got to let it all kind of play out and see what it actually equals. But they gave up three first round picks, 12th and then two more and, and a third, right? I mean, they gave up a shitload, but they, you know, this is where I do give them credit. They viewed this guy even more than us on the outside is like a major project. And then I've, I've agreed once I saw the guy play, but at the time I was like, fucking go all in, put all your chips in the middle of the table. And they didn't because they were saying you can get Jimmy Garoppolo, but it would take a first. And clearly no one was giving him a first off a 10 game 2020 season where he was injured. And then you'd say this season while very Rocky and was a roller coaster ride, there is stuff that Jimmy brings to the table that can't really be debated. If you think your team is talented around him, you can go to the playoffs. And what do all teams want to do? Obviously win the Super Bowl, but let's face it, there's most teams aren't winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> like the Bengals hadn't been to a Super Bowl in 30 plus years, and they've had really good teams the last couple decades. Like if you just go to the playoffs, it's a big deal. The Raiders just getting to the playoffs was a big fucking deal. And to me, that's a big reason I think that like Ziegler and Josh are like, you know, it's legitimate franchise. Just they got a they got a team that can compete to go to the playoffs. Right? Well, to me, if you have a playoff team and you can't get a Russell, you can't get a Deshaun, assuming the Deshaun thing's a little 
you know, some teams, you saw John Morrow's like, we're not interested. Like some teams will just be out. Like we're not even fucking dealing with it. Now, some teams might say that and change their opinion if it all goes away. But Jimmy, to me, will have a lot of interest from the teams that view themselves like we could, if we just get solid quarterback play, which Jimmy can be, you know, 14 to 17 kind of range in the league, we'll go to the playoffs. That, go, going to the playoffs gets people contract extensions, right? Yeah, I think the risk is not that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good enough player. If you were to trade the 11th pick for him or whatever you trade for him, the risk is that he might not be available for all of your games, right? That's the one that I think really bites you because I don't think there's much question about what you're getting as a player. You're getting some highs, you're getting some lows. It's going to be a little wild. You you don't know what you're getting from an it. Like a quarterback who gets hurt torpedoes your entire season. A quarterback Scrooge who's up you. and down, yeah. if you've got a good defense and a run game and you can outcoach and your division and blah, 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 you can ride a roller coaster and look up and have 10 wins. Like, right? So um, the 49ers just did it. So it's the injury. Now, I'm not saying you would be getting the 11th pick for him anyway, but I think, you know, you talked about how desperate is a team in the context of the kind of the, the economy of the trade market. It's also about what that team is going through. Ron Rivera is coming into year three in Washington. The football team has not won 10 football games in a season since 2012. And that's the only time they've done it since 2006. And they've only done it three times since 1992. Three times since 1992, the football team slash the commanders has won 10 games in an NFL's regular season. Okay. God, they suck for a long they time. Have, they have only been in four postseason games since 2005 they've all been wild card game weekends losses okay it has they have not won a playoff game since they won the super bowl in 1991 so when you sean say Mc, sean mcveigh won four playoff games this year he's won seven in, in five years for this year so when you say 11 is too rich i agree I think we all agree. I think even if you read the quote from the executive, that person is not saying they should trade the 11th pick. What that person is saying is, I can see how you can arrive at a place where if you start your postseason, let's say we all get together, we have a discussion. What do we need? We have to get a quarterback. All right, everybody, no wrong answers. I'll get up on the dry erase board. Let's let's brainstorm all the ways we can get a quarterback. All right, let's do it. And you start making the list. You're like, Deshaun. And we draft a guy in the first round, Desmond Ritter. Maybe we draft him 11th. Is he ready for us to win? Right? You just start going down the list and you go, well, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is our best option. I, I can see how they would arrive at that place. Now, it's also a game of chess or a game of poker is the better way to put it. Is somebody offering the 49ers a second round pick? Is somebody else offering them a first round pick? Is somebody offering them a third round pick? Like it may not take that. But I, this person's just saying, I can see how you arrive at this place, and so can I, because I think organizationally, they are as they are thirsty. Well, they fact, are dying in the desert right now. Factor this in, guy. Their head coach it just turned sixty years old. I wouldn't call him a spring chicken. He also overcame cancer within the last eighteen months. So when you just look at his shelf life in terms of like patience. I think he's been open about this before. Like, I'm not a patient person. Like, Ron Rivera ain't in this for like a seven-year rebuild. He is going to try to make the playoffs next season. And here's the other thing he's going to know he's going to need is, just using him as an example, is 
one, my division, the Cowboys, they're a flawed playoff team, but they're going to they're gonna compete to win 10 games, right? They're, to me, they feel like a 10-game lock. And the Eagles got three first-round picks. So even if they don't add Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, even with Jalen, you just add an influx of talent. Like, fuck, they're going to win a 9 or 10 game. So how do I compete? How do I compete with those two franchises if I do not improve my quarterback standing? And that goes to where... Back to the house analogy, sometimes if it if it's worth it to you, it doesn't matter that you're overpaying. Because ultimately, like a house, you need somewhere to live. Like you you have to have someone to play quarterback. I I, I can overcome a bad right tackle. The Bengals did all season long. They got to the Super Bowl. I can overcome fucking Eli Apple or you know, some random. Everybody hates corner. all of a sudden. Well, I think he talks a lot of shit on social media. And I think on the field too, but you can overcome the, you cannot overcome no quarterback. It is literally impossible. Maybe you could when Ron Rivera was playing for like the Bears in the mid 80s. It's like, we got Walter and we got all the boys on D led by Buddy Ryan. Like those days are over, you know? Now you don't even necessarily have to have Joe Burrow, but you better have a top 15 quarterback to even have a chance, to even have a chance. And, and you'd say, listen, Heineke's a talented backup. If he's your full-time starter, which he was for them this season, it's just not possible. It's no. a knock on like Gardner Minshew, who I think a lot of people kind of like. If Gardner Minshew is your full-time starter for a season, like I would bet against you making the playoffs. Yeah, I think where you are in kind of your team's arc, their development affects how much you like a particular quarterback. If your team won no games last year, then you know, or your coach maybe, or your then maybe you're willing to give Gardner Minshew five weeks, but. Washington football team's not in that position anymore. They've been they, they have been so close and they clearly have had a quarterback weak link. To me, the negotiation where I would struggle with Jimmy just in the first round would be like you said, the durability. Because one thing Carson had last year when he was on the market, he had been healthy for two straight seasons. He had played 16 games, and remember he got KO'd, he got a concussion, which I view that as a little random. It's not like a knee injury or an elbow injury or something. And then the following season, he just got benched, but he had played in all the games. So he had back-to-back seasons where he did not miss a game, besides getting the concussion in the playoff game, which even other coaches and exec is a, is a freaky deal, right? I mean, we saw Bosa got, you know, just it can happen to any player, any moment, any game. Hell, Cooper Cup might have got one. He just kept on playing. They don't know. I saw someone was like, no concussion protocol in the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, I saw nope. a doctor on the internet. <laughs> Like yeah, uh, this is called the Julian do, Edelman rule. Yeah, they fucking go out. To, they they leave that duck. No, I'm good. Where's the uh, Where's the neuro, independent neurologist? Oh, he's up in the suite. For he's things. locked in a bathroom. <laughs> so he's like uh, the pitching coach from uh, Major. Was it uh, Was the the Cubs with the kid? The kid with the arm for the Cubs. Uh, oh, rookie shattered, of the year. Uh, little little big league. Oh, yeah. rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. And he like locks the the pitching coach. Yeah, it's yeah, locked yeah. in the anyway. Little Big League is when he's the manager, right? Little Big League is when he's the manager of the Twins. Yeah, Rookie of the Year is Rowan Gartner. Would you say Little Big League? I mean, in the history, I, I enjoy the movie. One of the most unrealistic movies in the history of mankind. Extremely unrealistic. <laughs> I've watched it many times as a kid. What's better, Little Big League or uh, Rookie of the Year? Ah, I think Rookie of the, rookie of the Year. Yeah, I would. I tend to agree. Rookie so year, yeah, but... I mean, I, J- Jimmy's got some. Jimmy's got some warts, which. I think will ultimately, even if the Niners maximize a pick in the top 32, I I just do not see happening. Do you? No, no. 
Uh, no, but but I do but I do see a trade whenever Schefter breaks it, and and I promise you, Schefter's breaking this story. People would be like, I can't believe they just got that for Jimmy Garoppolo, assuming that like every quarterback on the move just doesn't like if Russell stays, like that is a legitimate non-mover, right? And the Deshaun, I, I mean, I've been hearing like we just got to figure out his his uh his legalities for fucking eight months now. He's just going to be flapping in the wind. And Rodgers, it just feels like the destination is set, right? Denver, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think your reaction, though, let's establish what that reaction would be. I think that to get the reaction you're talking about where people are blown away, would that be a second? I think a third. I would say like they've they got a second and a a conditional third the following year or something. See, I think even a second round pick, people would go, whoa. You don't think so? I, I do. I just think these quarterbacks, you know, oh, like, I the agree con- with you. like the contract they get. I, I just wonder if it's going to be more in a second. Maybe it's a second and a fourth or something, but people are going to be like, you're right. The second is going to be the headliner. That's all anyone cares about. But I, I think it'll be more than that. And I, I think that's kind of crazy, but I also completely understand it. You want to talk about Because there's two teams, and we already talked about one. But, I mean, I, the other team that is just... 100% and they're in a different world than the football team slash commanders. I, I hate that we got to stop saying football team. I, I, I'm with you. I, I we don't have that. to do anything. Keep saying it. Yeah, the football team. We don't know the football team can do anything, right? They, they might just be consistently keep losing. I like Ron, Bay Area guy, tough guy, Cal guy, stud. Everyone, he's, as we're recording this, I think he's speaking tonight of John Madden's thing. Like, every, he's beloved. Everyone, the respect. But let's face it, as a coach, you know, this guy can be a flawed player, but they drafted Cam Newton number one overall. The guy became a superstar, and they had success with Cam Newton went to the playoffs. Without Cam Newton, Ron Rivera has been a below average coach because he's not hes not a schemer, right? He's not an offensive coordinator. He's, he's not even the defensive coordinator. He's like the CEO guy. Well, to be a good CEO guy, you need Roethlisberger or Lamar Jackson because if you don't have those guys, most CEO guys without good quarterbacks – or unemployed CEO coaches. <laughs> That's just the way it works. So to me, the team that makes the most sense is the team that knows how to win. And I think they've had two of the back-to-back more impressive, you could argue like three straight years of just, how do these guys keep doing it? Is the Steelers. When they traded a one from Minka Fitzpatrick, I remember thinking, Roethlisberger just is like Matt Cain, tore his elbow and you got no quarterback. What are you guys doing? And then the dust settled. They went eight and eight that season with Duck and Rudolph, and they have one of the best DBs in the league on their team. And the next couple of years, they went five hundred. Somehow they made the playoffs this year because of the Jaguars beating the Colts at the end of the season. The Raiders winning that game. What Tomlin has accomplished the last three years with the quarterback play? If he had Jimmy Garoppolo, they are a game or two better. Like they're winning 10, 11 games. Their quarterback play at moments this season. When you're sitting on your couch, you know, Sunday morning and the Steelers game's on against some random team at that, te- you know, like the 10 to 1 slot and you'll just flip it on at like 11. It's like, what are they doing on offense? What is going on? D- don't they make the most sense for a team that, uh, to me, if they could get Rodgers or Russell, of course. Yeah. The Deshaun, I, you know... I don't know that the Roonies, I, who knows? I, it's just I hard to put the shot in any of these conversations. I, I think Denver would make a lot of sense also if Aaron Rodgers weren't going there. I think they'd be in a similar boat. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
here's the thing with the Steelers. We don't quite know what their thing is right now because Kevin Colbert, their GM, left. is gone, right? No, but, he, but they're letting him work through the season. So they're going to let him make this trade? Well, he once traded a fourth for Vance McDonald and a fifth, right? They don't do – Minka was an outlier move for the Steelers. They don't do a lot of that, right? They're not the, – they have not historically been the Rams. You're saying they're not really wheeling and dealing like Roseman and Les Need. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at their trade history. Minka, by far and away, is the most dramatic trade they made. Like, they sent A.B. away for a third and a fifth. They that moved was up. just throwing their trash yeah. away, right? Well, the same thing with uh, Martavius Bryant. Remember when they got a third for him? One of the all-time. You said one of the worst trades, <laughs> some of the greatest trades in history. That was a pretty good one for the Steelers. But it's not. Was that a John Gruden special? That was. That was. Uh, you know, a sixth for Justin Gilbert, who once upon a time was highly drafted, a Josh Scobie pick, uh, Brandon Boykin. But they clearly, they clearly have a lot of talent on their team, and they yeah. don't have a quarterback. And, and they don't, they do not, they're not Washington football team, right? Going five years without making the playoffs is not acceptable. It's not. I, I would, would you even say, is this year truly acceptable to them, right? Going nine, seven, and one and getting your ass kicked in the first round of the playoffs? Well, like, I it's, think it's not, it's, it's a, it's a, admirable thing but it's not ideal for their franchise right i think you can stomach it when these are your down years right as long as that is your outlier down year you kind of are proud of the fact that yeah our shitty year we made the playoffs i know no one thought we should have and we probably shouldn't have but we did so to me i think he fits in with them from a culture standpoint right well that that to me is like the things that he's going to value right the leadership the guy the way the 49ers players have talked to him I think Ron Rivera and Mike Tomlin specifically, like I Hackett is just like talking about Justin Timberlake and different stuff. I don't truly know his football philosophical beliefs. I do know Mike Tomlin and Ron Rivera, probably like all the same fucking players <laughs> and the type guys who they like Luke Keekley, TJ Watt, you know, just go down the list of type players that they would want on their squad. Jimmy fits a lot of that. And I think with coaches, and I think you see it with McVay and Shanahan, who have this like soft spot like Belichick for these like little white slot receivers because they like see themselves in the guy. I think those two guys value toughness at such a high level that Jimmy's toughness factor is really high. And it's pretty clear, like universally, it's just respected now that you can overcome a couple of the picks for having to feel like I got a guy that I can go to war with. Now, like you said, the problem you know, is his toughness is on display so much. Yeah, because he's always injured. And, you know, he's, I, I mean, how many injuries do you have this year? Calf, shoulder, hand? I mean, several. Yep. All coming off a season where he missed six games and injured. Like his injury, you would argue that I, when you meet to discuss trades, Tomlin, Colbert, whoever the next GM is, like if the next GM, do you get hired? You just like, Kind of just follow Colbert around. Do you, you got to ask him? Does he got to ask you? How does that work? A little weird. I mean, it feels like a they're promotion interviewing a lot of outside within. candidates. Though. That's weird, right? Very bizarre. But I, I I do wonder, you know, if you can get by the injuries and just be like, well, to me, if you get him for, you know, if you're like a third round pick, what's a third round pick to get this guy in our building? I think what the Niners are going to ask for is just. There's going to be some debate coming back and forth from the Niners' phones and some of these teams. Well, it's going to be one of those like black and white thing. Hey, anybody interested in a quarterback that's been to two NFC Championship games in three years, one Super Bowl? 
No, nobody. It's the scene from Major League where uh, where the manager's mad because he needs an outfielder. He's like, "I got you an outfielder from the Giants." It's like Jackson, not those Giants. And it's the you, you said Yomori is how you say Giants. And then it cuts to the scene of the guy catching the ball barehanded in the outfield. <laughs> well, we'll see. To me, like if Russell Wilson, for example, if John Schneider, if Russell goes, listen. I refuse to tweet this out or say this publicly because I'm obsessed with people liking me. I want a trade. And I want to go to two places, the Eagles or the Giants. I'm cool with going to either. John gets on the phone, calls Howie, calls this new cat, and goes, Russell's interested in coming to you. Their reactions are like, all the picks. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, fucking have them all, right? What What, what do you need? <laughs> we'll, we'll pay 180 cents on the dollar. Now, whether the big picture that would turn out or right, they would get an astronomical haul from either one of the teams. Like the Seattle would have all the leverage, yeah. right? And those teams, and it would wouldn't be, be hard to create the leverage, right? When you told another team someone's offering us three ones, they'd believe you. And and it's not hard to like. Are you really getting bent over if you feel you're getting Russell Wilson to have a star quarterback and going to win the division? You wouldn't even care. You're like, I, right. yeah, oh, what oh, what I overpaid? Well, not really if we win 12 games next year and I'm the guy that brought Russell Wilson to the franchise, either one of those GMs. It it would change, especially for Howie, right? Howie's, you forward me, is getting a lot of credit for fleecing the Colts. And that's what it is. He fleeced Somebody made a hype video for their GM. I mean, that's Howie Roseman got a hype video. They made the playoffs. Like they, they just have a lot of positive momentum going right now. Yep. Well, he took Giants. he he got a little juice too because he stepped out on a limb for his head coach and he won games with a guy no one else was going to hire and a quarterback that can't really throw. Somehow they figured out a way to win nine games with a quarterback yeah. that can't throw. Jimmy can throw, just not really deep. Uh, you see, I think someone said that Brandon Ayuk tweeted today, like I'm ready to go deep or something. <laughs> I didn't see that. I did see this. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this on the stream is Jimmy an upgrade over Ben. I, yes, I believe that he is. The Ben that we've seen the last two years. Yeah, the guy that just played, not Hall of Fame Ben. Yeah, Ben's Ben was bad. Ben was bad. I we, we just need to get clarity. To me, if there's clarity of like, well, Rogers, he wants to go to Denver, but he'd be open to some other spots. You know, that, that would change it a little bit, right? Is he is he cool going east, too? If it's just like, you know, he just wants to move to Denver. That's where he wants to go. He's dead set on it. To me, that's pretty black and white. It's just those two teams, everyone else is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. And even the deal, you know, it's kind of a unique deal if he's, if he's forcing their hand to go there. The Russell thing, as of we're sitting here right now, do you expect Russell Wilson to get traded? Um. I don't know, man. I'm I'm a little 50-50 here. It, it's been a little quiet, which doesn't, I don't think, mean anything. It feels like he and Aaron are using the same tactic, which is the opposite of their previous tactic, which was kind of blow it up and get yourself out of there. I think it makes sense for them to trade him, in part because he wasn't that great last year. So I'd probably go 51-49. But yeah, I'd lean that Russell is traded. How about you? You know, I think it's very, very difficult to be the guy, because you got a lot of credit. You were the guy that brought him. You were the guy. John Schneider gets all the credit for going to Pete, and Pete going, I cannot draft a short little quarterback. And he he jumped on the table, and he pounded that thing until he convinced his guy to draft him. And he's the best player in the history of the franchise that led him to a Super Bowl championship. But I think if you can somehow take the emotion out of it, and it's hard, I think, as a GM, when you've drafted the player, and he's brought you so much success, and you've become... I mean, up until this year, they were kind of rock stars in that town for a decade, right? Winning games and becoming like 
kind of what the Rams have been these last five years, but they did it for nine with multiple iterations of players. Can you take a deep breath? And like you said, can we sell high? We bought low. We had an incredible fucking run. Could we sell? Could we get four first round picks and a two? You know, how? how, Because if it does happen again next year, he's another year closer to having to get a huge extension and he's trending the wrong way. To me, you're having legitimate conversation with Pete and, you know, you're, I think you're just your crew and being like, should we sell high right now? Is that yeah. the right move, big picture? For And it might not be. like there, I think, there is well, a chance, Because there is a chance he could rattle off three or four more seasons at an elite level. Well, I think he might come back looking. I think I think his fitness was part of the problem last year. But part of it is their evaluation internally of, is this guy done or is he about to bounce back? It's crazy right now to say he's done. I don't think he's done. But you can't deny that it he wasn't very good. As the year wore on. Now, maybe that was the team. Well, I think it would be easier to do the sell high move if you had someone that you could plug and play. I know. And to me, when you don't have a guy to plug and play, it's just very easy. Contents the wrong word, but just stay with the thing you got. Well, if you don't have a quarterback, you're just like, it's one thing to trade a guy. Like, to me, the Eagles were perfect. They didn't have the quarterback of the future, but they had somebody that they were right was good enough that they could trade Wentz away and take the gamble that they sold at the right time. And they did sell at the right time. But if they won three games last year, I mean, it wouldn't feel quite the same. Part of the reason it feels so good is because they made the playoffs after trading them away. Can you pull that off if you're the Seahawks? doesn't feel like you can. Well, let's say this. The 49ers last year hadn't had done what they did, and they just rolled back with Jimmy and had drafted Micah Parsons. Think about it. They just drafted Micah Parsons. Yeah. And they have like, oh, my God, they got Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa to go Trent went. Like, we would just be talking like, you know, I wouldn't extend Jimmy, but just roll it back on his number, make him play it out. Maybe he could earn, you know. Jimmy Garoppolo would be the quarterback again, right? Right. Unless they somehow, yeah. Unless they could trade for another play. But I'm just saying, like, at this point in time, we would just roll Jimmy back, more than likely. Unless you could land, you know, one of the top guys. You would try to get Aaron. They would probably hang up on you. But you get my point, right? Mm-hmm. The reason they're doing this is because they have this guy that is an unknown is a complete unknown. Not complete because he played a couple games, but that that was not good enough. to. They would not have been able to make the playoffs with that. And maybe he had proved, and that's the one thing you don't know, like over eight, nine games. If he had played better. a lot, yeah. It, but it's hard. you just never know until he does it. So it's just, that makes coaches very nervous. Right. Like, I totally buy that, nine, that there are Niners players, players going, we are about to downgrade a quarterback based on what we've seen. But the problem is we haven't really seen a lot. And part of what should make they, Trey... They've seen, they've seen a lot, though. They've seen a lot in practice, but part of what, in theory, should make Trey unique is that he does things that just play in games better than they play in practice, right? That he can make up for not knowing the offense as well as Jimmy Garoppolo knows it by some of the throws he can make and some of the plays he can make with his legs outside of the pocket. And that's what you hope. You hope that somebody... You know, you, this, is the vi- this is the vision of it all. Like... The Bills get credit for Josh Allen because they had the vision before yeah. everybody else saw it. Everyone else can see it once everybody can see it. It's well, I mean, can you that, see it before everybody can see it? I mean, we've talked a lot about the Montana thing. I mean, part of the reason the Niners do get credit, whether they made the right move or not, they still went to Steve Young. They didn't go to fucking some rando that sucked. Like they had a guy, and they can the still argue it to this day that they made the right decision. I I think you can still argue it. I understand why they did what they did. 
I mean, you know, the irony of Rodgers is once upon a time, there was a visionary named Ted Thompson that they went all in on him and said, see you, Brett. Yeah. Adios. Andre on the stream says, it's a downgrade until we get Brady. Go to Moji. I, you know, I Tom retweeted it on Instagram and, you know, clearly they're coming out with a man in the arena. The final episode is his retirement and his dad talking. And it's, you know, Tom Sr. It sounds like an older version of Tom Jr., like they they sound vocally very similar, like like Jack and uh, Chris Collinsworth. I actually think it's closer. I, but I oh really? Okay, I haven't watched the video. I gotta go watch the video. I just wonder. Do you think he'd have his dad do stuff if he was even contemplating coming back? Do you think he would make a man in the arena if he wasn't dead set on just being at least this season? Because you texted me yesterday. It's like Rob Gronkowski saying you never know Tom come back in a couple years. Like he's thirty six years old. It's like. Rob, he's 40. He'd be like 48. I mean, Weddle did it. <laughs> and barely survived. Barely survived. Uh, okay, so the other part of Garoppolo is, you know, the Aaron Rodgers effect, right? Denver, I think, Wed- is... Weddle's 37, though. Yeah, Weddle's... So he retired at 35. Yeah, no, and he returned to a team that he played for, right? Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the Aaron Rodgers effect for a second, because this... Uh, I think if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Denver Broncos, that is a team that I think would make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo. Does Aaron have to go to Denver before Jimmy gets traded? Not necessarily, right? Because if you're the Niners, you can talk to Denver. You can get the you you can talk to enough people that you go. Denver's not going to be in play because they know they're getting t- Aaron, and we got to move on. But I do think if you're the Niners, if you're not getting what you want, Denver is a place that if Aaron is not a clear option for them, could use them. Hell, you know what's crazy is Green Bay could use him if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. That's the crazy part. We always say the Packers would never send Aaron to the uh, 49ers, but would the Niners send Jimmy to the Packers? In a heartbeat. And, right, because they the Packers, would feel good about it. He knows the it. scheme, right? He knows the plays. I do think, though, that the Denver, that Washington and Pittsburgh can get information early on, like, hey, you can't get Russell or Aaron, so they just have to get dead set on guys that they can get. You don't. You're not going to waste your time on Aaron if you find out like, hey, Aaron's only going west, <laughs> right? To me, the Denver thing, the moment they get the go ahead, and listen, like I think you'd be a little naive to think they don't already have a pretty fucking good idea. You know, Benjamin Albright, who works for like the radio station that is the Bronco station and is pretty tied in with Denver, was pretty adamant throughout the season that like this guy Dan Quinn and he knows his shit. That Dan Quinn was that's why I thought Dan Quinn was going to be the head coach. It made a lot of sense. They remember they wanted to interview him right away. Mm-hmm. And I would say that Nathaniel Hackett did kind of not come out of left field once you kind of start putting the pieces together. But the first time I saw that, I was like, what? And then once he got hired, it did the way the general manager reacted to the question, it felt a little NBA like they knew something. They hired this guy. Not, and I'm sure they liked him. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett seems like a smart guy. His resume is coached for a long time in the NFL. It's not that crazy. He's, you know, one of LaFleur's right-hand men for a team that won 39 games. Like, it's he's more accomplished than, like, Kevin O'Connell, who's just there one year. But my point is, it did feel like I think we're probably better off if, hey, I like Dan Quinn, too, going with the guy that's going to get us Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Butcherbox.com slash ham. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off 
right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go... Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the GameTime app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. GameTime app, promo code HAM, Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I, 
if Aaron Rodgers does go there, they can say whatever they want. You'll never convince me that it wasn't an inside deal, which I'm I'm pro inside deals. Like they, they would have been, General Patton would have been insane if he was told, if you hire this guy, you'll get Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't you say every general manager in the history of general managers would hire that guy? They would hire that guy who was a far worse candidate than this guy is because, again, Nathaniel Hackett was a real NFL head coaching candidate. For sure. Life and now he wasn't going to get another job, I don't think, but who knows? I mean, he got that job earlier than some of these other jobs got filled. But what if what if I told you that it, it was like this is not something you could really talk about, but let's say some of these other jobs who are the other even jobs like the Miami Dolphins? If I told Stephen Ross, I said, Listen, if you hire Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers will come to the Miami Dolphins. Who do you think Stephen Ross would have hired as his head coach? It's a no brainer. It's an, it's an easy decision. I bet some teams would have contemplated firing their coach, right? Well, Carolina. In a heartbeat. Houston? Uh, Rodgers probably quit before he went there. Arizona? Yeah. Arizona for easy because they could they could unload Kyler pretty. Well, you see Kyler had a little post? Yeah. Sure Kyler had a post. <laughs> um, Jets? Zach Wilson, new coach. Ah, uh, yeah. Adios, Robert. Uh, Giants, yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams. We could go through the whole league, but a lot of teams. How, how you been Brown, like, Browns would say no. How would be like, Nick, I love you. We're buddies, but see ya. Yeah. And actually, and then it would but, be but, like, but Jeffrey Lurie would be like, actually, Howie. Goody's here. I need you to clear out your office. I, I also think it just goes back to, I just feel like he wants to go West. And I think sometimes whether you're right or wrong, I, I just think certain humans, and I, I think we all have some of this in us get dead set on something and want to try it, want to do it. And it, it could just be as simple as he's just tired of living there. Because remember last year when he made up a story about Gudikins, it was like, well, what are you really mad about? And it, there wasn't anything tangible. And he, yeah. he just kind of manip- like I. What if it was just as simple as like I don't want to be here anymore. I'm super rich. I, I don't want to be here now. I've embraced it and it was fun because our team's good. But I, I just think he wants to move somewhere else. And I think he sees some of these other guys that do it and it like revitalizes their love of. I think Peyton is a great example. Like went there, he never left. He never left the town, and now he goes to all the home games. Fucking He's trying it. to buy the team. Yeah. So the, the that other media guy, uh, the black dude that the NFL wants to buy the team. He's like a former stand-up comedian that used to go on Johnny Carson, but then got into the media rights business. I don't know. He's, I was reading some of his wiki. Pretty impressive story. Uh, is it Last name uh, Smith? Maybe is it By- is it Byron? Byron Allen. Byron Allen. Yeah. But did you read like his bio? Like he started out as like a comedian actor. Well, I read some of it because I'm like, this guy, I know I've seen him. Wait, this, I saw the photo of him the first time. I'm like, wait, this guy's buying a team? I, I must have him confused for someone else. And then I started reading about him. And I was like, no, I don't have him confused for someone else. That's the guy. Yeah. You used to go on Johnny Carson. Shows you, you know, shit. You can be doing a podcast and then all of a sudden be you know, a billionaire. Buying a team. His, uh, he was an observational comic. Anyway, uh, so there's, but uh, what does that mean? anyway, you see something and make a joke about it. 
Yeah, it's isn't that all comics? Aren't they all observational comics? You'd think. He still has a show? What's his show? Um, okay, so is there a category of coach that Garoppolo makes the most sense for? Identification. Huh? Was it that Norm McDonald, his favorite joke ever was the Jerry was it Jerry Seinfeld's joke, or was it Norm McDonald's joke that Jerry Seinfeld love about like the craziest part about, you know, I have an ID? Is it just I and then identification? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's joke. Norm telling Jerry's joke. To Jerry. Yeah. Or, yeah, he told the joke and Jerry just found it as like the greatest joke of all time. It was so identification. <laughs> um, okay, who makes the most sense for Jimmy Garoppolo? What Not team, coach. Like if, the, if Aaron Rodgers stays put, is there a type of coach? Like, because I think you could argue that's really the beautiful thing about Garoppolo is that he would work with any coach, a new coach with no experience, an old coach with a ton of experience. As long as the coach is willing to understand how to do what Garoppolo does, he might make the most sense for an offensive coach, which Tomlin is not, which Ron Rivera is not. Right. He doesn't make sense in specific offenses, right? I think the Bruce Arians offense, which I would imagine Bruce kind of wants to get back to some of his roots now that old Tom's gone. He wants to throw deep, and he did it with luck. He did it with Roethlisberger. It's why he got fired with the Steelers because he just they wanted to run, and he just he's got the Andy Reid wants to throw bombs, and clearly he started doing that early with Brady, and then Brady overruled him, and they changed it. To me, even though they got Jason Light, who's a Patriot guy, and I'm sure would like Jimmy if they you know needed a quarterback, and they need a quarterback, I don't feel that's a fit at all. To me, the Steelers have been running a dink and dunk kind of offense with Roethlisberger, right? Now, they do have speed-wide receivers. You would say that, you know, I've seen a lot of Claypool highlights. You could argue he's been underutilized with uh, with old Big Ben. And the Deontay Thompson kid, I think he's from... Well, it feels Tulane. like Debo sometimes. Claypool? Yeah, like all these end-arounds and... Well, I know. Well, I mean, I think that's the balance of when you look at the commander football team, I just think they'll do whatever they have to do just to get a functional quarterback. They'll change the offense. Right, that's that's the one good thing about being a CEO head coach. It's like you just tell Scott Turner to do. I mean, think about it. they've they've played with Cam, they've played with these guys. You would say that you know under their reign, uh, Ron, they've had just different iterations of offenses. Yeah, uh, I think you know the giant colder run the ball. I think what where he helps you is just you are taking a risk by acquiring him. <laughs> And so a, a veteran coach, in theory, might be somebody with um, equity built up that if they trade a second-round pick for this guy that gets hurt week three, it's going to be hard for a younger GM or a younger coach to overcome, I think. Well, now, if the GM made the trade and the coach had nothing to do with it, that's different, right? Well, Brian Dayball, for example, who was around Jimmy in New England, let's say Brian really likes him, huge fan. Does it make any sense for the Giants to even be in the Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes when it's just an easy one for them just to coach Daniel Jones this year and see if he's any good? Yeah, and he's but not throw him away. I don't think it makes sense for a year one coach, unless they could get Jimmy for nothing, right? Right, but right. that's not going to be the case. Now it makes sense to me. Actually, I'll rephrase that. It makes sense for a year one coach if you have nothing on your roster to trade a fourth round pick. It doesn't make sense if you are starting year one to start trading away the picks you're going to need for a guy who's not going to be the guy that takes you where you need to go, right? Yeah. Unless you have a roster like Washington. Like, to me, that's why Washington makes a ton of sense, too. 
Well, what a team that we haven't mentioned just because they're kind of out of sight, out of mind because their coach just quit. What about the Saints? Yeah, they have they have cap issues, but just to get a legitimate coach or I mean get a legitimate quarterback in there, Jameis is going to be a free agent towards ACL. I think it's fair to say with Peyton gone, if I'm Dennis Allen, like hey, listen, Taysom, you're just you're playing other positions, not quarterback. I like you, but you're going to be my use check. You know, you're a little more expensive than Kyle, but like you're going to do that type shit. They need to get a real quarterback. And then if you get Jimmy and like Simeon, that's your one too. Like that's at least better than what they were playing with the second half of the season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, I mean, would like Jimmy can work with that guy, right? Get him the ball in a bunch of bunch of different spots. Michael Drafted Thomas is their best receiver. Just after a killer Witherspoon. Is uh, is uh you know a slot, not slot, but I mean he does his work in this short and intermediate like Michael yes. Thomas isn't going deep. Yeah, it's a great call. I mean, they play now, with Drew Brees. Now, Drew is a Hall of Fame version of it, but yeah. he couldn't throw deep the last several years. Don't get me wrong, but he got rid of the ball quickly. And wouldn't you say the, they would be? Wouldn't you say they would be a team to kind of keep an eye on? I saw some Dennis Allen quotes. Like they are not. Do you know what they're thinking right now? We're going to win the South. Isn't that what Dennis and the, Jeff Ireland and Mickey Loomis are thinking? If we just get a functional quarterback, we can win 10, 11 games. There's no Tom, and we already played Tom well. Atlanta stinks. And Carolina is a laughing stock. I actually think they make I and we're really good on defense, and that can carry us. They make a lot of sense if they can figure the money out. What's their? Uh, I, I think draft? they have 50, 55 million over the cap. I think that's workable. They, they, they got some uh, work to do. They I have their the cap is going to go up second. like twenty five million. Uh, well, that's where you just work with Jimmy and you do some, you know, the same way they did with Drew. You got to move some money around. You give him a fake extension. You you uh, move some money around. Here's the one thing you would say about Jimmy's potential destinations. All these teams were listing that all, I mean, I think are the teams that everyone's talking about. He's going to have a chance to like keep playing at a pretty high level. If he can stay on the field, like keep just being a t- guy that's on a team that's winning above 500 like yeah. as we see with Stafford like that's fucking hard to do you know ask Carr how hard it's been to go 500 in his career ask some of these quarterbacks ask Jared Goff what it's like up there like you're going to go to a team more than likely that's pretty equipped to compete that's really all you can ask for you know Stafford you know or even the even you'd say Stafford when he picked the Rams they had been consistently winning there is a risk in Aaron leaving Green Bay and going to Denver just assuming they're going to win. Got all these new players. He's got a coach that, you know, they're going to be on the same page offensively, but can the guy be a head coach? I don't know, right? It's a, it's a risky move. It could blow up in his face. Tom, Tom chose Bruce fucking Arians that you and I saw within year one of the Arizona Cardinals, who were a joke when he showed up, win 10 games. And by the year three, they were in the NFC Championship. It was clear, like, Bruce, this guy's an ass kicker. Yeah. He's got some flaws, but you ain't losing with Bruce. So your coach does, I mean, we just see McVay just won a Super Bowl. Coach matters. And when you're just an unknown coach, you just... As we we see it all the time, right? Some of these coaches that got hired every single cycle, two, three years later, we're like, oh, he's done. <laughs> he's in trouble. Oh, he's getting fired. And there's no- one, you know, every once in a while, you know, the guy that you didn't think was going to be good is good. 
there's not that many spots for Jimmy Garoppolo, and we've named, I think, all of them. I mean, the, we've named the whole list, I think. Unless unless somebody be on the chat said, oh, are we really buying Mike McDaniel likes Tua? I think that's an easy one for him. He gets a lot of credit. He doesn't. He gets a ton of credit if he just makes Tua a solid quarterback, even he, even if Tua never lives up to, you know, what some people thought he could be. I don't, I would not expect to see Jimmy Garoppolo in Miami unless somehow Tua got hurt or something like that. Then it would make some sense. But you agree with that? Yeah. No. Um. So it's, it's like of, I don't. Jimmy's not going to Houston. Basketball. For Mike, isn't it? Just, just play it out with Tua, see what you got. And yeah. It's not your guy. How about the Panthers? I don't – I mean, Sam Darnold's on their team again this year, right? I, I think you just got to try to make him a little more functional. Christian says, thoughts on the cyber attack on the Niners? So what was this, financial documents from 2020, right? I, I clicked because someone tweeted it at me and said yeah. Hightower. I thought, like, is this going to expose like who they were paying? The Forbes article that I skimmed didn't have like specific information of it had their payroll out. It, you know, maybe they don't know. Maybe the Niners just had. To Is go it going to have heads. who told uh, Boomer Sison that John Lynch might leave for TV? Now I'd be interested. All the text messages. Like, huh? What is this number? Uh, we did a cross reference. It's Rap Sheet cell phone number showed up three hundred and seventeen times. <laughs> in the uh, days leading up to, oh, and then it'd be like, oh, it looks like an outgoing call from Kyle Shanahan to Aaron Rodgers. That'd be bad. Could you punish a team based on uh, ransomware hack data leaks? I don't know. You just, the one thing with the NFL is you never say never. You never be shocked. Uh, Kim Kim on the stream says, Montana's hating ass hired those hackers. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, next up, John, the uh, Super Bowl MVP was a Cooper Cup, but it came to light today, and I hadn't thought about it. I wish I thought about this the night after the Super Bowl that uh, the voting was done with about two minutes left in the game. I've been to like um, basketball tournaments, uh, college basketball tournaments, where you do you know like the All Pac-12 tournament team, and the voting is not done five minutes after the game. The voting is done before the game ends because the player, the most outstanding player of the tournament, or in this case, the MVP, needs to be announced moments later. So no one has said it explicitly, but I think what's pretty clear is two minutes left, the vote is due because they're coming around picking up the papers and then tabulating the votes. John, these people need some scantrons because if they waited until the end of the game, Aaron Donald might have been the MVP. That is a league that just signed a $20 billion media rights deal. They are one of the most lucrative, you know, even in the world of pro sports, they're in their own stratosphere right now. And you would say in American businesses, when you just talk like Google, Apple, Facebook, the NFL, like they, they are one of the elites of the elite. The act, they don't have the access to have an app that like whoever gets the voting rights can just sign in as they're walking down to the fucking interview room and press a button. And it, I don't know, like, uh, you know, a Twitter survey, it immediately tabulates who voted for what. It seems, guy, I, I understand being late to the party on stuff. It's 2022. Like I, in 2012, I, maybe. It's 2022. 22. Now, 
who, you know, Roger, he doesn't really have anything to do with this, but this is something that's just like, come on, guys, can we just get it? Yeah, it's just one of those things that doesn't actually matter, right? Until like it's, I mean, it matters to the player, but all they care about is someone's named the MVP. No one's like, oh, I don't know. It should have been this other guy. What, Uh, Devin White last season? Yeah, Devin White, that's right. Had well, because did, did Dave you? Says I had seventy-five to one odds on Donald for MVP. Was it seventy-five to one? That seems long. Uh, There's no way. Guy, I, I looked before it was six to one. Yeah, well, unless, Dave. Unless Dave, are you lying here, Dave? Unless you got it. At Is the there a different Donald? Maybe if you got it at the beginning of the season, but maybe that's league MVP and not Super Bowl MVP. Again, Hugh had the third best odds in the game. Donald Trump? Is that who he's talking about? And he almost had like, could they have given it to Aaron Donald? Yes. I heard someone say he obviously had a couple pressure sacks. He technically didn't have a sack on the last play, even though I'm giving him a sack. On the third and one and fourth and one, he made both plays. He made both plays on the third and fourth. You could argue that alone. Early in the game, it's like they've kind of figured him out, double teaming. And then he started fucking wrecking shop. Made a one-arm tackle while he was getting blocked on third and one. So uh, Now, I also think that Look, I think Matthew Stafford could have won the MVP. I I knew when he said it last night uh, that Cosworth was going to get some shit for saying that's as good as it can be done between Stafford and Cooper Cup in a crunch time situation. But I, I actually was fine with it. Who got exposed? Dave? 75 to 1. <laughs> um, I, I knew when he said it, like, oh, people are going to give him some shit. And I saw somebody say, like, Chris, you were on the sideline when Montana drove the field to John Candy. And you think this was better than that? But I, I do think Stafford was incredible. And now, as we you know do this stream, the, the video of his no-look pass is all over the place. And I think Cooper Cup was incredible. Like, one player rarely – here's where I would say Cup. I don't think Stafford leads that drive without Cup. I think Cup – you know, I think Cup was the – they were both essential. I have so much respect for Stafford. I'm so happy for him after seeing a person of his talent. I don't I, – I, seeing talent – suffer because of what it has around it is I don't get any pleasure out of that. And so I'm happy to see Matthew Stafford get to do what a lot of people don't get to do, right? Quarterbacks often, they can never quite find their Rams and um, Stafford did. And so I was happy for him. So I, 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 I think Stafford's everything I thought he was. What? You got to know. Just right. I, I just, we had done this before, but I am very interested in I, I wonder if, unless he does it, how anyone ever tops the 17, 21 games the guy played. Because Cooper he Cup, had, you're saying? He had 145, 45, 625, and 7. Is that real? Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. 33... Uh, four seventy-eight and six touchdowns. So, guy, he had. You want to hear his stats on the season? I, 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 I wonder if this will be a record that just stands the test of time. If you include the playoffs, he had one hundred seventy-eight catches. He had two hundred tooth. Excuse me. 2,423 yards, and he had 22 touchdowns. How's anyone ever going to get 175, almost 2,500, and 22? 
be almost the, the catches will almost be impossible, right? One seventy five. Yeah. Wait, what? That seems low. We had because when we th- did it, I just found the numbers that we came up with on January thirty first. He had one hundred and seventy catches. Well, I guess they would have played two games since then, or one game since then. I got. Well, I guess two. Yeah, January thirty first was after the conference championship games. One seventy eight. So we had eight catches in the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, I got thirty three catches for the playoffs. Okay, but I we did the math on January thirty first, so that would have been the conference championship game, right? That was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. So you're right. But he had twenty one seventy and two twenty three thirty there, and so now you're saying he's at one seventy. He has one seventy eight total. That number feels just astronomical. Well, then, then I looked up when I tweeted that his his yeah, pre Super Bowl eight, numbers. He had, eight, he had eight catches in the Super Bowl. When I tweeted his pre Super Bowl numbers a couple of weeks ago, somebody came back with the Jerry. Somebody told me you got to look up Jerry Rice's season. Uh that we talked about. You and I were talking about the other day. It was. Mm, how many touchdowns? Maybe it was the oh the twenty two touchdowns in twelve games, on sixty five catches. Yeah, and remember, I mean, in the 07 season, Randy had twenty four touchdowns. I mean, we've seen some pretty crazy touchdown. And I, I think Michael didn't Michael Thomas a couple years ago, like his second year, have one hundred and forty catches or something. No, yeah, something I, they crazy. Didn't, they didn't go to the Super Bowl, but he had in two thousand nineteen one hundred and forty nine catches. But he not he had nine touchdowns like. Cooper Cup had four less regular season catches, but he also played one more game. But he had 16 touchdowns. Like, that's seven touchdowns, a wide gap. In the regular season, plus another. Yeah, if you just have seven touchdowns in the season, that's a pretty good season, right? He had seven more than Michael Thomas. He is... He's... Do you know what's weird? And I kind of get this vibe. It was kind of easy to hit Seattle. It's like, fuck Russell Wilson, man. Fuck Pete Carroll's happy ass. I don't feel like many people like on social media or whatever. Like, eh, I didn't hang out with Sean McVay. Seems kind of cool. <laughs> he just seems like a kind of a normal guy. Like he's not he's not hateable. Well, who's been hating Matthew Stafford all this time? He's not taking anything from anybody else all these years, right? So Do no one has like any hate. Forty Nine fans hate Sean McVay and Matt Stafford. Uh, I think they hate the Rams, right? But I don't find Sean McVay. I don't find Stafford hateable at all. Right. You find Sean McVay a little more hateable? Uh, I don't find him hateable at all, but I can see how it's just you're a fan of one team. I can see how he's running in the end zone, fist pumping. I can see it. Well, no, I'm not saying that's a clown move, but I'm just saying overall when you see him talk, you're like, I, I, just, I like this. Yeah, I find him incredibly likable. I'm just saying, like, if you're a fan of a team, you can find a way to hate anybody. But Stafford, there's been no reason to hate Stafford. Everyone gets together on Thanksgiving goes, man, this poor guy for the last 12 years. Like, man, this guy, that sucks, man. You know? Man, I feel bad for him. So there's a lot of just kind of sympathy built up over the years for Stafford. I think Cooper, a no-star guy. Even Odell, like Odell in Cleveland was like, this guy, what a diva, a me guy. And then in with the Rams, he's just productive, likable. Aaron Donald did a couple years ago say he didn't know who Debo was. Remember that? That was funny. Yeah. God damn it, you know who he is. Say his name. Say his name. There's a lot of like, you know him now. You know him now. <laughs> Say his name.
name. 19. Say his fucking name, Aaron. And then you see Aaron. The hard part is like, I mean, he rallied the troops against the Niners and it worked. And then you watch him in that game. You're like, this guy is just, if you just respect elite, whatever, you know, athletes, he's as good as you've ever seen. Incredible. He was toying with those guys. I think where you're kicking yourself is, you know, the Niners would have beat that team too. Did, did I forge you the thing? I retweeted it of the last, you know, five Niner playoff losses. The three Harbaugh's and then the two Kyle's have all been to the Super Bowl champ. Obviously, they lost twice in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then Harbaugh lost to the Giants, Super Bowl champs. They lost to the Rams, Super Bowl champs. And they lost to Seattle Seahawks, Super Bowl champs. So five games, you know, they, they won obviously two of the three, uh, two of the five championship games and lost in the Super Bowl. But the three conference opponents in the championship game all went on to win the Super Bowl. I saw that. Yeah. There's no, uh, you don't take any satisfaction in that. I think it hurts more because you're like, well, all those games were tight. <laughs> you just go, God, did we match up well against Brady? Did we match up well against Peyton Manning? Fuck yeah, we did. The the Bengals? I think you could stomach the Chiefs one. And again, I'm biased on this one, but it's like, you know, he just made a miraculous play. It was against Mahomes, who was in the peak of his powers. The Niners were a little lucky to probably get as far as they did, given how crazy this season was. But then once you're there, it's like, we get the Bengals? I don't think it's easier to stomach. I, I think that one, because I'm with you. You can stomach it until you go, so you had the lead late in the Super Bowl? Cool. Bengals did too. I understand, and that's going to hurt. I think it's going to really hurt them. I mean, they had a, they were they were in the lead with like five minutes left, and they had to drive the whole field to take the lead. And then they got the ball back, and were coming to midfield. <laughs> Rome says you can't hit someone whose voice sounds like McVeigh's. Well, what I would say one difference Peter, is like is he's got the Gruden, but Gruden it was pretty quickly was considered just a dick in his, when he was Sean's age, like the way he treated people and the players. I, have you seen many negative things written or said about Sean McVay? Of like people no. like I like the guy. No. Uh, all right, I have an officiating uh, discussion to get to here, John. Tony Dungy tweeted this: the officials were determined to ignore every violation when the ball was in the was in play and only call false starts, delay of game, and taunting. They maintained that posture for 58 minutes and 39 seconds, and then they started officiating. That was bad. Somebody said to him, "Go on the record, Tony. Do the Bengals have a legit beef or not?" He said, "No. Both teams got away with obvious penalties throughout the game that should have been called. Several of them changed the course of the game. Just a poorly officiated game." Not the one, not one that favored one team over the other. And we've way seen some pillow, of this. Way to sit a pillow talker right there. Well, no, he said they don't have a. He said it was a poorly officiated game, but the Bengals can't say it got ripped from us because the Bengals got benefited from bad calls. Also, that's the point he's making. I think that's a take for Tony Dungy. To go out and say the officiating was bad. I think unique take for Tony, probably. <laughs> Uh, maybe not. He's a former coach. Coaches always get to rip officiating and no one says anything. Ah, coaches, man. Did you like the officials? I'm convinced, John, that the thing that would make everybody the most happy is just no penalties or few penalties. I think people would be more happy, less penalties, less flags, more just let them play. I think people would be more happy. Just like in college athletics, they just reduced rules, less rule breaking. Weed, weed's not illegal. Boom, less rule breaking. NFL, 
less penalties, less rule breaking. If the NFL just officiated like, uh, you know, uh, what would what would you really have to officiate? Is it a fumble or you know not a fumble? Like, is a player down? Did turnover, they break? Turn, did they turnovers. break the plane? Yeah, catcher, no catch, interception, tuck rule, but like totally left alone. Nobody in the history of time is gonna be like, did you see that illegal hands to the face on the pass rush? They gotta they gotta call that. No, we don't ever need that penalty called again. Holding, I mean. Do we ever need I mean, that penalty? If, if you and got that, sweet pass rushers, that's yes, an and it issue. gets not called all the time. Everybody that plays the positions, like, yeah, we could call that thing on every play. Give me no illegal hands to the face. Give me no holding. You probably need like a false start or an offsides, but even sometimes those are bullshit. Like the lineman flinches, but nothing happens. Like everyone starts pointing. We don't need any of that. Okay, pass interference. Yeah, but like the crazy stuff, even then, if you let it go both ways, what does anybody really care? Defensive uh, holding, I would I would do away with. Defensive holding, get rid of it. Get rid of how it. About, how about this? The penalty, Roughing I hate a this kicker, penalty. Get, at, get rid of it. What about the kick out of bounds? You get it at like the 40-yard line. That pisses me off. Just I would just, you kick out of bounds, it goes out of bounds to the two, cool. I would argue this, just don't throw the flag on that play. Just move it up. But you're right, that'd be... There should be something where it's like if you kick it out between the 10 and the goal line, then it goes there. Have but you ever talked to an official? Like, I, I'd be fascinated, and not that I really care that much, but like, what is the premise behind that rule? Like, it, Belichick would know, right? Like, why do I get penalized? Because on a punt, you are taught to pin them. Well, why with a kick do I have you guys, especially as the as the game has regulated the violence out wouldn't you want it to be cool if you can pin them at the five yard line let it be i wonder what the impetus the right word behind that one yeah i don't know because that's a pretty penalizing move right yeah i actually don't hate it but you're right like in the world where you don't want returns and collisions i don't like teams starting at the three yard line like i don't want a lot of that you know but that's you know in, in in real games field position does matter it's so impossible in those spots. I the one problem would be it'd be pretty easy to consistently just kick it out around the ten yard line. Right, guy would just aim and fucking. Well, you wouldn't even out. bounce it in bounds. You would just airmail it all the way out, right? Yeah, it'd be pretty easy. You could probably because you because you could just kind of there's no pass rush. So you could just line up at a certain angle and just kick it straight out of bounds at the ten. It feels like majority of kickers would be pretty consistent banging that thing right around. Yeah, they would be pretty good at it because there's no rush. But you could, you know, do you really, maybe I like what you're saying. Anything outside of the 10, penalty. If you can go 10 to zero, fair game. So it's yeah. risky. Or like five, maybe like like five Se- seven. and in. Yeah, seven. seven and in. Yeah, yeah you like put that. like a different line on the field. Then it's like, all right, you got to go for it, go for it. But it's, like a, ball- it's, it's like a Sunday pin, you know, in a big golf tournament. You're yep. like, it's risky. You can yep. go for it or you can just kick it to their average returner. That's right. Yeah, that's a good call. So, I mean, I you know. Tucker would be like, <laughs> but it has to go in balance. You can't kick it out. You have to. It has to land in balance and then kick out. You know that would be part of that rule. Oh, because so how would you be able to tell exactly where it went out? It's what you get. A Lasers. Ref. Yeah, just somebody standing right there. But then we get mad at him. You know, like how about why don't we change our behavior instead of giving them all? Let's give them less things for us to get mad at them about. Robo. It'd be like pumps. if you. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like if instead of getting mad at your kid for playing video games all the time, you just decided, you know what? They can play all the video games they want. And then you're not getting mad at them anymore. Well, you know what my pushback on that one always is? Hmm. Hey, mom, dad, 
20, 30 years later, people are making millions playing video games. Joe Lacob and all these rich guys are buying teams. Things, and I remember being kind of stoned watching this Tony Hawk documentary. Things that are always uncool for a kid's generation from their parents eventually becomes monetized in this country. So anything that like our kids, we're going to hate, just realize big picture, we're going to capitalize and learn how to make money on that. It happens literally on everything. Like skateboarding. Who's going to snowboard? Snow video games and like all these millionaires now a part of it now yeah there's also a bunch of a bunch of parents that are like i swear to god this guy is still living in my basement (laughs) all he wants to do is grind (laughs) i've seen some of these tournaments online it feels like they get pretty heated you know yeah i I was making a skateboarding reference but you're right video games too i just i don't know man it just most people are not successful i I just know me kelly slaters and tony hawks here's what i know john i've done a lot of basketball games where it's like you're sitting there at midcourt. Did I tell you this analogy already? I don't think so. I thought of it this morning. You're, uh, this is what happens. The game, the, there's halftime. Everyone goes to the locker room. And a lot of times what happens is I'll be doing, just checking the box score and you'll see like, oh man, I didn't really notice there's only six free throw attempts in that first half. The officials will come out, get ready for the second half. They're stretching, doing their knee bends right by the scoring table. And one of them, I'll catch one of their eyes. And one of them will go like this, like, like, give me the thumbs up. Be like, we doing good? Like, they always like to ask, like, we, we good? You know? Because sometimes I'll be like, well, what happened on that one play? Like, we good? And every time, it's always, yeah, dude, you're doing great. Don't call any fouls. And I love it. Nobody has ever said, no, you guys suck when they don't call. Who in their right mind watches a basketball game with no free throws is like, I don't know, man. I hate the way this game's unfolding. Everyone loves it. Daryl Morey and James. Yes, Daryl Morey and James. <laughs> Everyone else loves it. Just they're let quote unquote letting them play, letting the players decide it. I mean, I I don't think I could defend this in a court of law. Honestly, the Jalen Ramsey face mask thing, he got pulled down. I didn't hate that not getting called either. But whatever, I get it. You could put that one in the category. Didn't, of didn't totally bother me for sure. But I, you you have to. I think his pushback would be if you're going to let him do that. Then can I mug him? Because right, right, he is a mug type receiver, or I mean, corner like old school Richard Sherman. None of these motherfuckers get off the line if you let these rules come totally. back. But you know, so it's unfair. Like I, I bet he'd be like, I want to play this way. Let's fucking let's free for all. Yeah, that's yeah. where I think the players get in these situations, and then they find out it's a free for all, but they don't know they're getting it, or else they would have repped it in practice. Like get ready for the free for all. Pete Carroll and Schneider and the Harbaugh's. I mean, how many millions of dollars have those franchises been fined over the years? It's like, yeah, you guys are not allowed to do that in OTAs. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like hitting each other, coming off the line. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, what? have you seen the video of Ramsey falling down on the last play? Like, did you see the – I saw a clip of Jamar Chase open down the sideline, Ramsey on the ground as Burrow is trying to get away from Aaron Donald. Ramsey's cleats off or something? He was not great yesterday. Yeah, well, he ju- he tried to jump the, the route on the ball that Burrow actually did a great job of getting it outside, but – yeah, John, That's I think everyone would be less mad at refs if we just said there's only four of them. They each stand on the one-yard lines opposite. They only call, like, the most obvious stuff from 100 yards away. I'm with No you. penalties. No penalties. I think it'd be better with no penalties. Uh, I highly recommend you watch the Bryant Young video, by the way, of him finding out he's going to the Hall of Fame. Remember, we talked to him, I think <sighs> – you know, his son died of can of uh, I think it was cancer in 2016. I think we talked yeah. to him. Bef- was it before or after that? Do you remember? I thought it was before. I, th- I think so too. Really, I mean, was a really just always always heard it, and then we talked to him a couple times. Classy guy. Um, you know, anytime somebody says like, I don't know, man, 
Like even um, Richard Sherman said it today about Stafford. Like they're letting too many people into the Hall of Fame. I'm going to talk about it on my podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> like a participation trophy. No all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP of the Super Bowl, never considered the best in any year that he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. He's talking about Stafford, obviously. I'll tell you what, we can debate players left and right. I'm a sucker for the moment, even a, a sucker for a moment the guy finds out. The difference I'd say to Richard is like there's only two all-pro quarterbacks every year, right? Like a first-team all-pro and a second-team all-pro. That's it. And do well, we even consider the second guy the second-team all-pro? Or does he get called all-pro? You do, but I bet in the NFC, how many think Aaron's rattled off the last decade? Seven? I mean, I, I bet first or second team Aaron Rodgers has. Yeah, I you know, it'd be him and Russ and has the handful. Breeze probably has some second teamers and maybe a first teamer would be my guess. Aaron is a four-time first team All-Pro and one second team. So he's got five. My main issue with this argument is like, he's 34. I mean, he's got... He's well, I know, but five I, or six years left. And my thing with the Aaron, my thing with the Matt Ryan thing, I'd say, Richard, y- you are a great example of someone who went to the perfect scheme and became a Hall of Famer. If I put you in the wrong scheme and ask you to do things that you couldn't do because of your lack of speed, it would have been a problem. If I would have given Matt Stafford, Kyle Shanahan, and Julio Jones in 15 and 16, is there a chance that he wins the MVP guy? <laughs> like it's, and I don't even think Richard was necessarily doing like acting like Matt Ryan is necessarily better than Matt Stafford. He's just saying, is there a human in the NFL that thinks or that would take Matt Ryan over? Uh, the question was, is there a human in the NFL that would take Matt Ryan over Matthew Stafford? Was that the question? Yes. No. Even over the last decade. said so I get both of them at 25. Uh, Kyle might. Shanahan? At 25. I mean, at 25. Matt Ryan was a good player. Like, I don't want to. Matt Ryan's like leading the league in off like yards. He might, he was close this year, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean. He I mean, up a lot of stats. Oh, usually, you know, hollow no, stats. The end I, of the game. Well, but. That's what they said about Matt Stafford. He just had a better nickname for it, Stat Padford. Because his teams were terrible. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, I agree I would take Matt also, but I also don't think it's Matthew. I mean, I would take Matthew over Matt, but, I mean, Matt was a pretty damn good player. The Raiders just reached an agreement with Antonio Pierce as their new linebacker coach. Interesting. I mean, so, you know, he was – the defensive coordinator last year for ASU for uh, Herm Edwards and through an NCAA investigation, they've lost, they lost five coaches, including their offensive coordinator. And then he resigned on signing day. So, Oh, he wasn't on their staff like recently. No, he let, he resigned like two weeks ago. Wow. Uh, Donnie Henderson is the new defensive coordinator at ASU. He'd been in the NFL. He'd been like the Jets, D.C. That's interesting. Linebacker. I mean, it makes sense for him to go to the NFL. College was obviously not an option for him for a period of time. He get a show cost? It's cra- well, they haven't actually levied any of the punishments yet. Um, How but it's going to survive all this? 
Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um, especially, you know, Antonio was in charge of recruiting. Um, but when they hired Herm, like a year in with Herm, it was Antonio Pierce was basically lining up to take over for Herm Edwards, just become the head coach. Like that's what he wanted was to become the head coach and kind of not even really be a coordinator. And uh, obviously that didn't play out that way, but had he, are you looking at his bio? Did he spend time with like the giants coaching staff or something? He'd been a long beach poly. So the, the Raiders are going to really recruit Southern California. Well now. Yeah. I mean, Antonio Pierce was a legitimate NFL player. He's he's a high end guy. I yeah. I think I think college for true pro guys is very very difficult because they aren't laws. They're arbitrary rules that you know other people are pushing. And I I, I think their issue at Arizona State has just been, and I don't blame them. Now you could the counter is like, well, you know what you're signing up for. But once you get into it, you're like, this is so fucking stupid. And then you see other people breaking the rules, and then you get in trouble. You're like, we're not doing anything that anyone else isn't doing. I think it can be very, very difficult. I think it's easier to be in it and just kind of know how to navigate it than it is to kind of come from the big leagues where money matters. There aren't really any rules. You just can do whatever you want. Football's king. And then where you kind of got to play this game, there's just a lot of politics to it. And there really aren't that many politics in the NFL besides just like the politics with your owner, right? Yeah, I also think they they didn't, to me, arbitrary rules. Like they didn't break the rules that we think everybody's breaking all the time. They broke specifically COVID dead period, allegedly. COVID yeah, I mean, dead I've, period I've heard on so campus. Stories though of like the, in the other conferences where okay, it's like, but I, but again, like the, the rules are the rules. Like they got, a, a, I think, caught. So. But anyway, that's a separate issue. I agree with your point, especially for a guy who came from high school also. But I think here's an example. So the the COVID rules just in general in America, I think we could all argue are, have been pretty arbitrary over over as time's gone on. So you tell me that during COVID, I can't have recruits on campus, right? Well, if they have this guy they want to see, they just say like, oh, I don't I don't care. Now, there are repercussions if you get caught, but clearly they just probably view these rules as stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's, you don't you don't get to complain when you get caught. And I think part of the deal was a lot of other people felt like they were fall- like there are rules getting broken all the time. People don't turn other people in for them because they're breaking them, too. Right. This one yeah. they got turned in for. It wasn't like some NCAA investigator just happened to be in town and see it. They well, got it felt like the in. entire it felt like the entire Pac-12 was following the rules except them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's. They also had. You know, I th- there was some some belief that they just had some staff members who were let go and were bitter and turned them in. So sometimes you just are in the wrong place. You know, it's just like that's I'm not gonna, everybody gets caught. Well, then the, that to me is on the head. You know, the the head coach and the leadership of like you got to be careful with the way you treat people, right? Yeah, because there there are guys getting fired all over the country at schools that are breaking rules that nothing ever comes out when they get fired. Right. Part of getting parting working in the business is people get fired, right? All the time. Coaches. Do you, do you, did they respect you or did they not really? Because that's what also what it felt like a little bit. Like people turned on him immediately and was given all the good shit. Well, you know, people were kind of rooting for them to fail for it not to work, it seems like. Right. Because they came in and said, we're doing this differently than everybody else is doing it. And I think that. Yeah, he was adamant about You make yourself a target. Outsiders just in general are targets when they come into something that and they say we're going to change the game. It's just 
even though I I get it, but part of it was like Herm was making like two two and a half, three million dollars. I'd get it if he was like they paid him ten million dollars a year and he's pumping his chest like He's, he's so different in the NFL. NFL people wanted Urban to fail. College people wanted Herm to fail. I know, I mean, but part of Urban is like, well, they pay this guy twelve million dollars. Well, he's never coached a day. It's like, well, of making three million dollars. It's a very basic. It's a very basic human, you know. But it was the internal field. people that flipped on him, right? Yeah, but I, but what I'm saying is, college football in general was like, you guys can't, you guys can't just like think you're going to change the game like this. It's not going to work. Well, I think the craziest part is that David Shaw was pretty outspoken and Herm kind of used them as the model, like gave them a lot of credit. I felt like they were friends, right? How did he give Stanford the credit? What do you mean? Well, when when Herm Edwards was hired, he's like, we want to copy and play a lot like Stanford football. Oh, play stylistically football. Yeah, I'm like just, that, but yeah. like the way they built their team, what David Shaw has done up there, yeah. the size, like he, he, that, that, to me, that's a compliment. And then it felt like, because it's just Herm Edwards, David Shaw are friends. You'd be like, yeah, of course, right? They're just, I'm sure they've known each other for a long time, Barry guys. And it felt like David Shaw was not having what went down this last You know, he was not. No. <laughs> there was only basically two people spoke publicly about it. It was him and an athletics director. So, who's athletic director? Uh, I, um, I didn't want to say because I wasn't positive which. I think it might have been, I want to oh, say it was Scott Barnes at Oregon conference. State. Oh, no. You know what it was? I think it was the president. I feel like Jack Swarbrick said something. There were a couple of people. I don't, I, I don't. Who's Jack Swarbrick? The AD at Notre Dame, but I could be wrong about that. I think Jack Swarbrick said something. So they were recruiting the same guy. Jack Swarbrick. Well, did you see that um, the coach at Pitt? Narduzzi? Yeah, Narduzzi said a few weeks ago that the Notre Dame was recruiting Kenny Pickett off his roster. Now, it might have been, right, Notre Dame has a guy that calls Kenny. He's like, Kenny, free transfer. If you want to come to Notre Dame, like, we'll take you. Like, they'll Kenny take Cricket you. Kenny going pro? Yeah, yeah. Last year, COVID free transfer year, he oh. claimed somebody tried to third party, tried to get Kenny Pickett to transfer to Notre Dame. Which is believable, right? Yeah. If prospect, you need a quarterback. <laughs> Some GM's going to love the Kenny Pickett. Said, I'm riding with my boys at Pitt. It worked out for him. Hell yeah, it did. I went, my he went, pushback he went to New with York. Narduzzi, like that's are you guys are you are we sure you're not doing any of that? Like is it feels like everyone's doing that. That's not new to the portal era either. Well, I mean, like Lincoln said, he didn't take anyone from Oklahoma, he just took people from the transfer portal. Well, he's not lying. How many Oklahoma players did he get? Uh he got Caleb, he got a receiver named Williams. So it was uh, definitely might have gotten one more, who's like their third leading receiver last year. So the receivers came with the quarterback. No, so the receiver came first. So their offense with a couple of receivers, the quarterback, and Jerry Rice's kid, they, they could be cooking with a little gas here offensively. And Travis Dye from Oregon. What position did he play? The running back. Yeah. My, can they play defense? Well, I mean, can they protect? Can they pass rush? Uh, did they have one more? Oh yeah, they had a cor- they got a cornerback from Oklahoma from the portal. It's fucked up. I mean, I see. I don't think it is. It's the business of it, but guys. it's just it, it's fucked up to act like it's not what it actually is. Like it's okay. We know what you're doing. 
it's it's the business. What, what is it exactly? What what do you mean exactly that he we're left just and then taking he told, the guys? That no, he, no, 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 no. But what is it exactly? He called them while they were still at Oklahoma and said, "Get in the portal and come here." Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, just it's just it's pretty black and white. What's going on when a coach leaves and the guys follow? Right or wrong? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't. Know. But, but uh, to my problem is the idea that like the coach stole them. Like, well, they they can they could have gone to some other school. Well, what I don't get it. But they went with Lincoln. Yeah, because you know? they they came to Oklahoma to play for Lincoln. We tell them don't come here for the coach, come here for the school, but they come here for the coach. Well, I'd say maybe they want to go to L.A. Oklahoma is going to be good. You think? Yeah. Maybe their coach is a meathead and sucks. Rumors were the Chiefs were looking at him, Antonio Pierce. Yeah, they lost uh, their linebacker coach, so I could see that. All right. On that note, we this stream turned into a, a, basically a full show. That's how we roll. Thanks for hanging, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.